it was a game where Michigan at least came back and looked the way it looked in the first few weeks. And the Wolverines got their first Big Ten win. Why the Rutgers game is maybe a little bit more important than you think. And we're going to talk about what happened in the game on this episode of Locked On Wolverines. You are Locked On Wolverines, your daily podcast on the Michigan Wolverines, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Sunday, we are back and doing it. Locked on Wolverines podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. I am your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole, publisher of Wolverines Wire through USA Today Sports Media Group. Normally, we won't do these on Sundays, I hope, because I like to give this day as a Sabbath to the Lord and just be uh, t- to be in church, to be in worship, to, to read the Bible, all the things that I try to do on Sundays. But Sometimes you can't escape uh, working because, of course, last night uh, there were the night games, Penn State versus Iowa, Ohio State versus Notre Dame. I did not do a nightly podcast as I hoped. Uh, so we, here we are on Sunday. Let's get into the game. Michigan beats Rutgers 31-7, to and it looked a little dicey in the first possession, right, because Michigan gave up a long touchdown. It's the first time that we've seen the starting defense give up a touchdown all season long. It's only the second touchdown given up all season long. Uh, so it, it felt a little foreign and felt like a little bit different. <laughs> and maybe uh, certainly there were concerns about uh, what is this Michigan team, number two in the country. And, you know, I, I'm looking afterwards on the Internet and I'm seeing mostly rival fans being like, oh, this is not the number two team in the country. You can tell. Listen, I mean, every team goes through it. Georgia found themselves in a fight with who, right? Like, I don't even remember who. Like, early early yesterday, Georgia found itself uh, kind of struggling before they were able to pick it up and just kind of move move along as they did. Um, I will say this of Rutgers. I'll say two things. I'm going to give you one thing that's a little inside info-ish. Uh, I did speak to someone before the game while I was down on the sidelines. And uh, it, it, they, the belief is, and this isn't a random person, of course, but the belief is that Rutgers was going to be Michigan's most difficult team that they face until they play Penn State. So take that for what it's worth. And honestly, like looking at Rutgers now compared to through the lens of which I've constantly looked at Rutgers, this was a team that actually looked like a Big Ten team. I can't ever say that before, but... I mean, like they had the requisite size. They they played uh, fundamental disciplined football, right? Like, yeah, there you might have some kind of meager quarterback play, but even even that said, Gavin Wimsat made some absolutely incredible throws that were kind of indefensible. Some of them, there there was the one that he threw to the right sideline. Uh, it was well covered by uh, I, I believe it was Josh Wallace on that particular play. No, I think it was Macari Page. As Macari Page was on it, it was actually well covered, yet he put it in that one place that only the player could go and his player could go and get it. So uh, I think Rutgers is actually a well-improved team. I mean, we'll see what happens because Rutgers, I think, was also a well-improved team in 2021. And then once they lost to Michigan, they had Ohio State the next week, the wheels just f- fell off, right? That can happen. But this, to me, speaks of a Rutgers team that is going to be potentially bowl eligible, which is not what I anticipate. I, w- I think I had Rutgers 1-2 and two going into the Michigan game in the preseason, and here they are 3-1 and one after the Michigan game. So that's a heck of a lot better. Good bounce-back game for J.J. McCarthy, 74% passing in the game. 
Uh, he threw for 214 yards, 15 for 21. Michigan actually ran the ball. Like when you talk about balance, they were not balanced. They were more towards the run. Uh, another tough game for Donovan Edwards. Uh, he had six carries for 13 yards, uh, which is unfortunate. But Blake Corum looked way, uh, more and more himself. 21 carries, 97 yards. That's an average of 4.6 yards per carry. But J.J. McCarthy, their teams are going to have to defend the run, uh, the quarterback run again, and that's great news. He carried it seven times for 60. Uh, sorry, ended up being 51 yards. He got sacked. So that average, even after the sacks, the two sacks that he suffered, 7.3 yards per carry. Kalel Mullings had six carries for 40 yards for 6.7 yards per carry. It's In terms of balance, I mean, you can say it might not be balanced in attempts, but it's balanced in output because Michigan had 200, uh, 201 yards on the ground and 214 through the air. Uh, those are sack-adjusted sack as far as the running is concerned. So that is at least good, right? And if Rutgers is, at least as maybe I was led to believe, then this was a good showing, right? Gavin Wimsat had a pretty typical stat line of uh, 11 for 21. He had a touchdown and an interception. But the Michigan defense completely shut him down for the most part. Yet he, they were able to move the ball, but then they shut things down. Now, if I was Rutgers, I would not have gone for it on fourth down when they did. I would. I said it to Bryce on the sidelines. I said, listen... <laughs> you got to take points. You're, you're down by two scores, but that two scores is only 10 points. You got you to gotta get points here if you're Rutgers. And then the an unfortuitous bounce. Mike Sander still makes an insane play, returns it for a touchdown. Uh, make sure you get your Valiant card. Uh, they'll, uh, they'll announce that tomorrow. Uh, the, the picture and the writing, I believe, will both be mine on that. But it's, uh, well, the writing is for sure, but nonetheless, it's, it, those are really cool that they have those, those game cards. But, I mean, it was mostly a clean game by Michigan. I think that's the important thing. Uh, missed field goal by James Turner. That's something that wasn't great. Uh, but, um, I mean, overall, I, th- I thought it was a really clean game, and I thought that Michigan played really well. Now, teams are going to time, try to time a, a possession Michigan to death, the ones that can. That seems to be the thing. Give, them less, give Michigan less possessions. I mean, any team's usually going to be better with less possessions, but get you know, give Michigan the fewest amount of possessions possible because Michigan wants to, seems to want to control time of possession. Um, I mean, Rutgers only ended up having 24 minutes of, of time of possession, but in the first quarter, they had almost 10. Michigan kind of turned that around, but I mean, they're, they're still not... I mean, this wasn't a low like against Bowling Green when Michigan had like an absolute low of 44 plays. Uh, Michigan had 61 this time. Uh but at the same time, they only punted once. That's about as that's about as good as you can get, right? Only one punt, had a missed field goal, a good field goal. The rest were touchdowns. Uh, what four, three touchdowns in all from the offense, and then obviously one from the defense, and then the field goal. So it, it's about as good as you can hope. I just don't think that Michigan's going to end up being that team. It's, it's again, we went over the Georgia scores and things like that. Georgia maybe scored more in general, but like 2021 Georgia, I think is the best place to kind of look. Let's do that real quick here but, but as we close out. But 2021 Georgia, which just did not feel like part of my feeling about the Bulldogs in 2021 was like, they're not like this crazy, amazing team because they very rarely have these games in which they just go nuts. Obviously, we were going to want to see a 50 point type game sometime this season or even a 40 point because so far in four games all in the 30s but 
Um, I mean, Georgia won the season opener against Clemson 10 to three. They had a couple of uh, three high scoring games, then UAB, uh, South Carolina and Vanderbilt, all 40 or above 60, 50 above and in, in eight UAB 62, you know, to Vanderbilt. And then it was a string of 37 to nothing, 34, 10, 30 to 13, 34, seven, 43 to six, 41, 17. Then they played an FCS school, then Georgia tech, which was, it was bad. So generally, I mean, then they beat, you know, they lost to Alabama, then they beat Michigan 34-11, they won the national championship 33-18. The 30-something 30, the 30 to the single digit, I think, is just what you're going to see from Michigan. And I can attest that they are playing a somewhat more vanilla game to, the, to a tenth degree, and that is by design. There will be games when things open up. We've seen that with Jim Harbaugh at the helm. But let's talk about Jim Harbaugh being back, right? Because that's a big thing. And he, there, there are some things in the postgame game that I really took away that I thought were indicative of the mindset of this team at the moment. So let's talk about that here momentarily. But first, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you've got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for, the, for your team faster and for free, just like Michigan dips into the transfer portal. They got a Ladarius Henderson who played big on Saturday. They got some other guys that play big. You need LinkedIn jobs to help you find your guy in your transfer portal. It's so easy to create a free job on LinkedIn. Once you do, you can add the purple hashtag hiring frame to let everybody know that you are indeed hiring and you can spread the word. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you want to interview and hire. So if you want to win a championship, you want your business to have that ability to go out and win a championship. You want to beat your competitive rival, your Ohio State. Go to your transfer portal. That's LinkedIn Jobs. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster and for free. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash college. Go to LinkedIn.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I hear a train, which means Missouri is going to start barking probably any second. That's for you, Jimmy Whitner. <laughs> if she does, just got back from a walk, so I need those in order to stay functional. And I know that there was someone, I think it was Rich Nelson that had reached out. Maybe it was someone else had reached out with uh, some stuff, stuff I need to look at about my field turf allergy, and I've kind of was mowing the lawn at the time, and I forgot, and I really need to because... It's like a hangover. I don't drink anymore. I haven't drank and I've, I've had like a total of, I can count the amount of drinks I've had on one hand in the last decade. But uh, it's, <laughs> it's like a hangover. Like all, like I'm in church, like everyone at church knows. So it's, they're like, how you feeling? <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> so anyway, uh, went for a walk so I'd have some energy and also I'd spend that to, to be in worship uh, the entire time. But um, nonetheless, it's, uh, that's, that's all I got. I don't know why I'm even tangenting on that. Let's get into, uh, Jim Harbaugh. So the thing about Jim Harbaugh being number one, he was back and you could tell he was back. I mean, he was so excited. I mean, if you've seen the post game video, there was no one more excited, but the post game interview was like 2015, 2016, Jim Harbaugh. And we've had those moments in the, during the week here and there. 
in the last couple of years, but it, it's still few and far between. But he was fully like so happy to be back. I mean, just so many different things that he had to say. Like, uh, so uh, Blake Corum had mentioned that, you know, he was cool guy, Jim. And then, you know, he asks that we asked Jim about it and he's like, oh, cool, Jim. That's what I that's what I think people refer to me as. That's what people who know me refer to me as. <laughs> so it, it it's again, just like the. You wonder, is he joking? Is he being serious? Because it's like he sits there and he looks serious until everyone starts laughing. And then he just kind of slowly does the Grinch grin. You know, it. He had that, and then talking about the the flag that was picked up from past interference, he says, "I, you know, like, <laughs> thanks, thank the refs for the cooler heads prevailing, because I thought that was pure sportsmanship. <laughs> like he he hung them instead of uh, just you know body slamming him to the ground like their defenders did against Roman Wilson. Uh, he had a, a a comment of like, I'm back, or he said, I you know, I, I never really left." And then he later says, oh, people might have thought that me and uh, Will Johnson and Rod Moore were on milk cartons. But guess what? We have been found. It was just a, con- a constant barrage of like funny quips. And I can't remember the time that we've had a postgame press conference that's been that many funny quips. Right. That's straight up 2015, 2016 Jim Harbaugh. Maybe it's just kind of how things are going because Dion has certainly affected the way everything's going. Certainly, and we'll talk in segment three about Ryan Day and his, I'll call it a tirade because it was bizarre. But nonetheless, Jim Harbaugh's out there making jokes. You got Blake Corum saying, we bully bullies. Like, that feels like vintage Michigan. Now, is Michigan being super overwhelming in what they're doing? Not necessarily, but at the same time, 31 unanswered points. And yes, it was a close game in the third quarter. But again, it was the same results by midway through the third quarter. Michigan's got a 25 point lead and it's that game. The game's essentially over that that's that's not different than what we've seen from Michigan all along. Right. Like Michigan was was losing that had a tenuous lead over Penn State. No, it was tied. I can't remember what it was tied, I think, to Penn State at halftime. Then Penn then had a slight deficit against Penn State and then blew the doors off. They were down to Ohio State. They were down to Rutgers. Like, so let's not act like a close game is out of the repertoire of the Michigan team we've seen. I think part of the difference is we see Michigan get better and better as the, the time goes on. Now, Blake Corum did also say that, hey, I, I, this is offense is still a work in progress. Right. And I can also say that th- there have been some some things. Uh, again, I'm hearing that there are some things that are kind of you know, maybe could affect J.J. McCarthy to some degree, right? But ultimately, I, I, I still think that this team is in the right place. It's it's one of those things where it's like, okay, it doesn't matter. You know, whoever is across from us, it's going to look the same, right? If it's Bowling Green, yeah, they're, I mean, they made the mistakes and everything, but the results ends up being the same. If, it's, if they would have played Notre Dame, then maybe it would have been the same thing, right? We'll know a heck of a lot more about how this Michigan's team, this Michigan team is when it goes and faces another tough defense. I do think that um, I do think that Rutgers probably has a tougher defense than Nebraska in terms of total defense at this point. Rutgers is 32 after having played Michigan. Uh, Nebraska is 24, but have also played, uh, let's see, who? 
Not exactly. I mean, they played one offensive unit really in Colorado. So it, you know, Michigan, Michigan comes into this game ranked third overall. Obviously the offense is not where you fully want it to be. You want it to be in that upper 25, right? Michigan needs to pick that up. But last year, I'm, I mean, it was pretty good, but I mean, they're 61st right now. So they do need to pick things up, but there's time to do that. And I think that they will. I mean, they, they, they haven't punted a heck of a lot of times, which I think is really important, right? Um, punts, amount of punts. Let's see, I can't, I, I, I can't do this reverse here. Looking at the at the spread here, Michigan is 123rd in the amount of punts they've punted nine times. So the offense, once it can continue to get drives going, then that will be that will be pretty good in terms of amount of plays. Let's do that, and then we'll move on here. In terms of amount of plays, I would bet I venture to guess Michigan's also down near the bottom end of that. Nebraska, weirdly, is 104th. But, yeah, Michigan's 123rd in the amount of plays run. So teams are certainly trying to keep the ball away from Michigan. Yet, it's not like Michigan's not running a lot of plays, but at the same time, Michigan has the number three defense in the country at the moment. So it's kind of like you can kind of understand things. Michigan still has the number one scoring defense, 5.8 points per game. Ohio State's two, Penn State's four. So, I like where Michigan's at. Let's talk a little bit about the the, the two rival teams, what they did, and we'll we'll add some Penn State into there. Uh, we're gonna do that here in just one moment. Before we do, literally, there's some NFL action going on. Actually, I think we're technically in the in the well, I record this in the lull between the the afternoon games and the night game, but I digress. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because right now new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. There's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to kick off NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, so some weird stuff certainly happened last night. Um, Iowa was a mistake fest, and that cost them dearly and early. That offense is clearly abysmal, and I mean, 74 yards, I believe, is what uh, Iowa managed. Cade McNamara and Eric All, Eric All fumbled. That was the, I think, the first turnover. Before they just started going on a turnover fest, Penn State wins thirty-one to nothing. I mean, Penn State looks good, uh, but that doesn't mean that. I think I I can tell you that Michigan looks at Penn State as the most the more formidable opponent of if if you're looking at all the the remaining teams, that's the team they think is the most formidable. I mean, they still have a beat Ohio drill, so it's not like they're not still focusing on Ohio State, but they also have a focus on Penn State. Um. Michigan State at least showed some fight after going down 21 to nothing. And that's, I guess, better than what I could say because it looked like Maryland was going to Washington them. 
and they and they didn't end up doing that. But I mean, Michigan State looks to be a debacle. Mel fired. Mel fired. Yeah, Mel Tucker will be officially fired on, uh, I believe, Tuesday, barring some kind of weirdness. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see players jump in the portal. I am still very confused at how their fan base is so adamant that they are going to get a top name coach. I was talking to Bryce about this on the sidelines. He was like, he's like, I could see Mike Elko going there. And I'm like, why would Mike Elko go there? Right? Because he's in the ACC. He's got Duke right where he wants them at the moment. And like, you know, they've, they've already taken down Clemson, who's the standard bearer of the ACC. Florida State remains, but I mean, you get past Florida State, you got yourself in in a in a good place. And if you go to Michigan State, you've got to deal with all this turmoil. You have to rebuild it, and then you have to contend with Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, USC, Oregon, Washington. You can add in like a Wisconsin or an Iowa here and there. Like, why would he go? Why would he go willingly to that? It, it, it just, I, they, they are still trying to convince themselves Urban Meyer would even take their phone call, which he's, there's zero chance Urban Meyer looks at the Michigan State situation and says, yep, sign me up. Urban Meyer is only going to go to a job that's like, if he takes another coaching job, it's going to be like, hey, Lincoln Riley decided to go to the NFL, so USC's open and it's got a loaded roster. Steve Sarkeesian decided to go to the NFL and Texas is open. It's got a loaded roster. That's the only case. He's not going to go to a place that's in a dis- like disgraceful place that doesn't have a big, great roster. Cause he's, he's not in, I'm going to rebuild a team. That's not who Urban Meyer is anymore. Anyway, that's them. So then you got the Ohio state of it all. Ohio state squeaked one out against Notre Dame. And uh, had the weird Ryan Day had the weirdest post game I think I've ever seen from a coach. Now it is one of those things where if you're an Ohio State fan, you love it, but it's everyone else is laughing at it, and it's not just Michigan fans. Everyone else is laughing at it because he decided to use the "Hey, we just won a big game" to uh, to go on a tirade against Lou Holtz, like a 90 year old dude, just because Lou Holtz kind of stated the obvious of what Ohio State has been that it, it's been a physically soft team. Like, listen, you, you are who you are, right? And because, you know, styles make fights generally, especially considering that they have all these five stars all over the place, you're going to be able to, to beat more teams often than not. And now that we've learned that Notre Dame had 10 men on the field for the last two plays... And that's when Ohio State decided that they were going to try to play bully ball. It, it kind of dampens a little bit of the, hey, we're just as physical as anybody. It's like, and because he goes on and says, we've had one bad, bad half of football in, in, in the last several years. Well, it's like, well, dude, you've had more than one bad half. You've had two at least. Cause, but then he, he confirmed that the, the number one bad half came in 2021, but he, his team was outscored 28 to three last, last uh, time he played Michigan in the second half. So, I think both are, but I, I mean, it it really is evident that Michigan is in his head at this point, because all Lou Holtz said was kind of what everyone else has been saying. It wasn't really a dig. He's more espousing for his team and also just saying, like, look, this is who Ohio, Ohio State is. 
Ohio State didn't win because they were a more physical team. Ohio State won because they were able to have timely passing plays to Emeka Igbuka, Marvin Harrison, and Kate Stover. Yeah, I mean, the final touchdown was a one-yard run. But that's not, that's not really why they won the game. It wasn't because they were more physical. So, it's just bizarre. And it's pretty clear Michigan's in his head. And that was, that's the funny part of it. That whole outburst wasn't even because of Notre Dame. It wasn't because of Lou Holtz. It was because of Michigan. I'm certainly going to get some Ohio State people commenting on this. If you're doing it on YouTube, just know that I'm not going to see it. So you're just speaking to the air. But at the same time, like, it's just own who you are, right? You've got a fancy sports car. You don't have a truck, right? Michigan's a truck. You've got a brand new Corvette. Brand new Corvettes are sweet, man. But they're built for different things. If it's going to be a race then guess what? The Corvette's going to win. You know, if you're putting them on a, on a nice, you know, asphalt surface, putting them next to each other and saying, go, go, both of you, I want you to hit the, hit the pedal to the metal as hard as you can, and whoever gets to the end of this straight finish line first wins, then guess what? The Corvette's going to win. But if you're putting them on this uneven terrain, you know, if it's out in, in the mountains, the truck's going to be a little bit better. Just understand what you have. And if you're Ohio State, you're, you're going to beat 99% of the teams you face having that Corvette. But every now and again, a Michigan will come along and is going to say, we don't want the asphalt. We want to be in the jungle. We want to be in the mountains. And then guess what? You still might win. If you just happen to find flat enough ground, but if you don't, that truck's going to make it through because styles make fights. All right, that's going to do it for this episode today. We'll be back tomorrow with some Jim Harbaugh reaction and more. Uh, maybe we'll get into quarterback rankings and all of that. We'll figure out the rest of the week as we get there. So thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon. Peace. Peace.